0: 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the Lord, in the grace of Jesus Christ. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in what you know is true. Be strong in the very thing that was delivered to you. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Here's the last verse. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Amen. And now with the help of our great God, I preach this word in the liminal. In Jesus' name I pray. You know who's in this room and who needs this word. By commission of your Holy Spirit, I commit it to you, Lord, unto the glory of the Savior. And I give you thanks already aforetime for what you're going to do, what you have done, what you'll do in the next few moments and I thank you for it Jesus I want to just, just thank you Lord for already being good I want to thank you already Lord you're, you're about to pick somebody up whose foot was almost slipping but you've set their feet Uh, yes thank you i thank you lord i thank you jesus i thank you jesus i give you praise and glory jesus and everybody said amen please be seated but clap your hands when you get there come on when you get there clap your hands unto the lord Faith management, it almost seems like an oxymoron, faith management. To manage something that cannot be seen, I submit, is a task given to the believing heart. I read to you this scripture wherein Paul is encouraging Timothy. He wants him to raise up men likewise. Like Paul raised up Timothy, he's presenting clearly a word of encouragement and yet in the narrative, Paul pulls back the curtain on reality and he says, oh by the way, endure hardness like a good soldier of Jesus Christ is supposed to. The Amplified Bible says it this way. Take your share of hardship because you are called to endure. See, some moments of life have to be managed. There is faith management that has to take place. And I'm not given to quoting Julius Caesar, but he is quoted as saying, and I quote, He said, It is easier to find men who will volunteer to die. Than to find those who are willing to endure pain with patience. Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Here's the good news. Trouble won't last always. (laughs) In faith management, and I know God is able, and I know He is full of grace and mercy, and I know where I've come from, and I believe in where I'm going. But there are moments in the middle when I'm pressed to manage my faith. I'm not alone in this moment. Consider the life of Noah. At least we have a Bible. At least. We have a witness. There was no Noah before Noah. He had no precedent. So I consider him much more courageous than a million men over. Because there was no one that preceded him that did what he did. Think of it. The long days and nights where Noah moved with blind obedience He's working based on the voice who tells him of a coming destruction. The book of Hebrews says it like this. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Faith management. It was a grueling time, a grueling days in preparation for something that had never happened. Decades passed and an empty sky holds no promise. But Noah trusted in God and though it looked foolish and unnecessary, in the end, he was the only one who survived his and his family. But Paul Harvey was not around to tell us the end of the story. And yet, I caution you, don't let the end of the story cloud your mind from the days of loneliness that the boat brought upon him. Being obedient to God and following his plan often causes displacement from normalcy. It might even look foolish and unnecessary, but don't let the flood blind you from the reality of Noah's life. The end of the story... Causes us to forget that there were days when Noah had to go about routine, routine, over and over and over again. He had to go find more gopher wood. He had to cut down trees. He had to hewn large trees and branches. He had to form them and make them. It's an arduous task. He had to go about routine and simply walk by faith. He had to believe that he was doing the right thing. His fellow man offered him no encouragement or support and society stood at odds of him. He's an outcast from the common man. He's building something for which he cannot prove will be necessary in his time. It's always easier when there's proof. Even periodic proof would have been good for Noah. A little rain showers now and then would have been a real help to him. But a cloud of sky causes our heart to be caught in the middle. He cannot, hear this, he cannot unhear the voice. That was in the past. And he cannot qualify the future. He's somewhere in the middle. He's not where he used to be. He's not made it to where he's going to be, and it's called the liminal. Watch this now. Joseph has a dream, several dreams in fact. They are spiritual dreams. They are prophetic in nature. They were not conjured up. They were not made up. They're not incorrect. They're real. The dreams of Joseph spoke of a coming future, a coming time. There's authority that he's going to have in the future. His dreams say so. There's position that he's going to have. His dreams say so. His family, his brothers, even his own father, he says in his dream, is going to bow down to him. God has issued it in the night and Joseph perhaps foolishly speaks of it in the day. And though his dreams were God-given, not all things that are divine should be shared. How many times have I come to that moment when my brothers took me wrong, when I shared my dreams and told them what God told me. I have not always been received, even when I knew it was from God. In fact, I've been ridiculed a few times when I prayed those big prayers that Sister Jenny talked about. In fact, a few people tell me, well, that's just greedy. I'm going to tell you what, if it's greedy, let it be for God. Let it be for the kingdom. Uh (laughs) I won't get on that. You know I want to. Joseph will suffer for the sake of his dream. His brothers stand at the brink of murder when a band of merchants happen by. They are coming from Ramoth on their way to Egypt, no doubt dealing in the trade of the precious balm that came from the wounded tree on the hilly slopes of Gilead. Joseph will spend years from his father's house. He's sold off into slavery. He is a prisoner the entire time. The months will drag by. The years to follow will see him rise finally to prominence in the house of Potiphar. Maybe Joseph thinks that he is but a single step away from a greater position and his dreams come into fruition. But ultimately, he will be falsely accused and he will be sent down to the dungeon years of slavery imprisonment work without pay pain without hope joseph has to deal with betrayal and bitterness and suffering without cause he cannot go back he cannot move forward he's an unwilling participant in this thing called the trial of your faith and he's got to manage his faith he's in the liminal the liminal is defined as the intermediate place it's a place in between The liminal is a transitional state where you cannot go back where you've been because you've crossed a certain line, a threshold of understanding, and you cannot move forward. The liminal feels like you're standing in a miry clay. You know that you've been through too much to return to the former. The past is sealed and the future is obscure you can't return but you also haven't arrived at where you know you need to be it's the liminal it's the hallway between the past and the future like noah you're doing what you can do but you have to manage your faith turn it down a little bit please i I like noah and 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 i and I, i love what he's saying but, but sometimes he's doing what he can do, but you have to manage your faith. There just aren't any signs to like the way it's pure faith. God's voice was clear, but over a hundred years of building and believing, it's long enough to have at least a few days of doubt and discouragement. And the prison that Joseph was in Does not look like it's an upward mobility He stepped from Potiphar's house of prominence To the inner prison Fit for the fallen Joseph was in the hallway Make no mistake Too much has happened in the past And too little evidence of hope for the future He's somewhere in between Hear me now I've been there And I feel like the Lord has proud of me to tell somebody You're just in the liminal tonight You can't go back For goodness sake, don't go back. You've seen too much wonder. You've been a part of too many blessings. There's too much hope and promise you can't go back. You know that God is powerful. You know that God is omnipotent and omniscient. You cannot return where you used to be. You cannot go back to the life you used to live. You've got too much under your belt. You've crossed too many lines. You've fought too many battles. You've won too many victories. You've fought too many devils. You've gone through too much trouble. You cannot go back now. Right? You can't unhear the voice of God. He has spoken to you. He has ordained your path. You know too much but you're in the middle somewhere and if Joseph was here tonight I wonder what kind of sermon he would would preach he would probably preach about the dark days of faith management because there are no palaces in the liminal there are no coats of color in the liminal but I'm certain that Joseph would tell somebody that what we do in the middle in the liminal may very well determine where we go in the future you can't go back you're never going to be satisfied where you were before. Now that you've come this far. I hope the Holy Ghost ruins you so that you are never satisfied in another dead up, dried up church denominational, clapping your hands, patty caking for Jesus. I hope you can never be satisfied once you taste of the new wine of this Holy Ghost experience and you found Jesus to be alive and true. You cannot go back now. Here, Pastor. If you have ever had a revelation of the gospel or of the mighty God in Christ how could you turn around and revert back to less revelation you can't unlearn all those lessons you can't undo all those victories you can't un- 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 unsee all those highs and lows and recoveries and understanding you must not you cannot I'm standing here to compel somebody now that you put your hand to the plow don't ever look back you keep on going forward you keep on marching forward do not turn around don't lose faith just keep your faith trouble may be in your present but it will not last always hey i wish somebody could believe that and clap your hands and just make a declaration right now i've come too far to quit somebody say yes Somebody say yes. Clap your hands unto the Lord because we know that we are in the way. Uh But I also know this. There's another threshold you have yet to cross. It's an impasse and there's no bridge there and you can't find your footing. And if so, you're in the liminal. Sometimes it takes weeks to get through it like Daniel who prayed for 21 days and had no answer. Sometimes it takes years like Noah and Joseph and a host of other godly men and women who had to keep their trust in God even though things were never clear. It's called faith. It's called faith for a reason. You don't know you have any faith until you come up against doubt and fear. You don't even know what faith is until you have to step on in faith step out on faith the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for it by it the elders obtained a good report Nobody gets a good report until you walk by faith and not by sight. Until you gotta do something that you cannot explain to anybody, until you start building something and you can't even really tell anybody what it means. And you just say, God told me this is the way I'm living, because God told me there's coming a day when there'll be no more heaven and there'll be no more night and there'll be no more darkness and there'll be no it's gonna be a city where the world is gonna vanish and everything's gonna be be turned upside. That's why I'm building this life. I want to tell you, don't think that the elders live without a struggle. The dream wasn't crushed. When Joseph had a dream, it wasn't, it wasn't just crushed. It was waiting for Joseph to get through the liminal. He had to keep his faith to get through that middle ground. It's the middle ground that people are struggling with today. Abraham's promise took a lot longer than he thought it should take and by the time it was ready to flourish He laughed at it and so did his wife because they knew it's past time when you think you're past time You're standing in God's front yard. He's right on time The time you think you've expired is the right time for God to do his great work Don't die in the liminal I'm standing here to tell you something, if you can receive it. God is true to his word. Just because you're in the liminal, don't think he's not true to his word. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not slack concerning his promise like other people are. People will give you a promise and they'll, and they'll back up from that promise. They'll fail on a promise. Your best friend will have good intentions and all of a sudden they'll just back up. They won't fulfill the promise that they made to you. But God's not a man. He never, ever fails in his promise. But if you're in the liminal, you begin to think that maybe it's not real. Because it's a slow journey. But I stand here to tell you, keep the faith. There may be a pause in your gate, but keep the faith. I'm just repeating what the Lord spoke to me to somebody. Don't falter in your liminal. He did not forget about you. He didn't forget about you. I wish it weren't true. I wish you could think your way way out of it. I, I'm sorry, I wish it was true. I wish you could think your way out of it, but you can't think your way out of it. You can't will your way out of it. But God will bring you through. He's going to bring you to a place, but sometimes he let you lets you stay in a place for a while. And I can't tell you why. Maybe to prune you. Maybe to educate you. Maybe to leave you there for a little bit. Maybe so you can trust him. I'm not sure why. But there's a middle ground that some of you are in. And I just want to stand here and tell you, God is still true. Every word is still true. His dreams and his visions that he's given you, they're still true. You're just in the hallway. Uh, Some people get there. By their own deeds. Like Elijah the prophet. He saw the wicked practices of Israel and Ahab. He cursed the sky. This is what he said in First in Kings 17 and 1. He said, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years but according to my word. And upon that curse and proclamation... Elijah was driven to a small brook called Cherith and he was fed by ravens. Here's your Bible. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. That's what he ate and that's what he drank. He's in the liminal. And Elijah will stay there until the brook dries up. Now he's looking for food. He's the one who shut up the heavens. He did it. Elijah is sitting in his own prophetic enunciation. He's the one who said it. He proclaimed it. And now the ripple effect of a drought is famine. And there's no food to be found. More than that, there's no proof that God told him to do it. God was just backing up his man. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Elijah was calling the people back to repentance and nobody wanted to repent And Ahab was wicked, and in the process, he curses the skies, everything just goes blank. He puts himself in the hallway, and now he's hungry in the hallway, because there's no food there, and the water is drying up. And when the brook of Cherith dries up, so did the meat and the bread. And now we find him looking for something to eat. It's then that he stumbles upon a widow woman. And Zarephath, who is making her last little bit of food for her and her son, she says, we're going to eat it and we're going to die. And Elijah, Elijah, the prophet, will offer a challenge of her faith. He'll challenge her faith. He says to her, give me the cake and God will sustain you. But he never tells her that he's the one who caused the conflict. He doesn't say, oh, by the way, I'm the reason why there's no food around here. The audacity of the prophet to go to a widow woman and ask her for her last cake when he's the one who caused it to be the last cake. I don't know if God put you there. If you're Joseph... I don't know if it's spiritual warfare like Daniel or if you've been obedient like Noah or maybe you've spoken the word yourself and you're living in your own word. But if you're in the liminal I rise to say, it may not be the season yet you want it to be. It might not be the time you want it to be. You may be past a few things, but the future is not so bright and you can't see it. You might be in the liminal, but this is the time to keep your faith. I rise to say, keep your faith. Do not quit the church. Don't quit the doctrine. Don't quit your prayer life. Don't quit giving. Don't quit praying. Don't quit rejoicing. Don't stop shouting. Don't stop clapping. No one ever walked by faith if they could see what was going to happen. If you can see it, you're not in faith. But when you cannot see the future, that's when you're walking in faith. When everything is doubtful and you don't know what to do, that's when you know you're walking by faith. So I say, if you are in the liminal, take take heart. God is with you. You cannot fail. You are in the way and the Lord is on your side. Just a liminal. Here's the Bible, Ephesians 6 and 13. We're going to get into the whole armor of God. We have punctuations and references. But when the scripture was written, there were no references like this. In fact, probably not even the punctuation like we know it. In fact, there are no verses like we know it. It's just a, it's a dialogue. It's a written letter. And Paul's talking about the whole armor of God. Take on the whole armor of God. I really just want to focus on the last portion of Ephesians 6 and 12, 6 and 13. And the first few words of Ephesians 6 and 14. Paul says, and having done all to stand. And having done all to stand. Here's the next two words. Stand therefore. When you've done everything you can do to stand, stand. When you've done everything you can do to serve God, keep on serving. When you've done everything you can do and you don't know what else to do, keep on doing what you know to do. And if you're doing the right thing and you're getting the wrong result, keep on doing the right thing. God's going to come through for you. God's going to sustain you and he's going to lift you up. You might just be in the middle. You might just be in the liminal. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. You might be tormented in your mind, but heal the pastor tonight. God is on your side, he's gonna bring you through. You're just in the middle. Oh, weeping may endure for a night. Come on, say weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. That night's not forever. Joy is going to come in the morning. Come on, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. We're somewhere in the middle, but we're going to keep on marching. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to the doctrine. Don't give up on everything and everybody. God is going to bring you through. He's going to help you cross the line that impasse is not forever trouble won't last always I'm gonna tell you how some of you are gonna start shouting you're not there yet cuz you're waiting to get out of your mess before you rejoice see when you're in the middle you got no step in your feet you got no bounce No, get up. When you get out on the other side, you're going to act like a different person than you're acting like right now. While you're in the middle, you kind of feel dull. Your senses aren't aware. But when you get to the other side, you're going to rejoice like you never rejoiced. See, on this side of the Red Sea, it looks like peril and you can't move you're trapped from behind and you're trapped in front and there's no rejoicing when you're in the liminal the problem is you don't know what God's going to do I want to tell you he's never failed you he's never left you empty David said I was young and now I'm old I've never seen the righteous forsaken I've never seen his children begging for bread come help me now come help me now I'm through almost (laughs) I found this to be true elder if I'll trust God when I can't see God by the time I get to see him do his work I realize he was there all the time if I respond to my middle ground that's an easy place to lose faith cause you're looking around saying why does everyone else have joy and I don't have any joy in the liminal it's hard to find joy in the middle it's hard to find peace you don't hear any revelations you don't sing any songs but if you respond to god like you're on the other side of the impasse i wonder what would happen if before you cross over you acted like you already got over I I feel a prophecy here. Someone is going to worship God like they've never worshipped God. The moment that your prayer is answered, on that day, no one's going to be able to restrain you. You're going to do things you've never done before because the thing you most wanted is going to take place. But I want to caution you. You could die in your liminal and never get to that place. Because you're waiting for it to happen before you worship and before you give and before you become committed. Not a few have died in the middle. They gave up hope. They quit building their arks and they lost their family. They quit trusting God and they went ahead and said, listen, I I went from nothing to Potiphar, from Potiphar to the prison I don't think God's going to make it. And they gave up and they got a sour spirit. You see, even in the prison, Joseph rose to prominence again because he had a good spirit and he was still believing God. He did not die in the middle ground. The hallway did not consume him. The hallway didn't snuff him out. He said, I don't really know what's going to happen but God gave me a dream and I'm going to hold on to it and I know it was from God. I just want to tell you, it's going to come to pass, but you don't have to wait to cross the Red Sea. See, when they got to the other side, Miriam picked up a tambourine and she started to sing a song. She sang the song about a glorious God. The horse and the rider, she said, he's thrown into the sea. Let me just tell you right now. He's going to do that. 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 You may not see it. He's going to do that. Come on. How about some faith management tonight? Manage your faith. Manage your belief in God. You ought to do some management. You ought to tell your body to act like it already happened. You ought to tell your spirit to go ahead and get on your mind, get on the other side. You ought to tell your whole family, I don't know if it's going to happen yet today or tomorrow, but I know I'm getting over. I know I'm crossing over. I know I'm getting over. I know I'm going to be there. I'm going to dance and worship like it already happened. I'm not going to die in my liminal.
1: Come on, shout it out. Hey!
0: I need to ask some mother. Please tell me you're not going to fold your hands and give a little smile when your backslidden son or daughter walks into this house and lays on this carpet and cries their eyes out please tell me you're not going to act like what you're acting like right now please tell me you're not going to say well that's nice <laughs> Please tell me that when you're healed of the incurable, that you're not going to say, well, that's good. I'm so glad God did it. Please tell me that you're going to rejoice and shout with a great shout. Oh. It's not going to last forever. You're just in the middle ground. You're just in the middle ground. But there's coming a day, there's coming a day. He's gonna bring you out. He's gonna cross you over. He's gonna build a bridge. You're gonna get out of the hallway. It ain't gonna last forever. It's not gonna last forever. I'm gonna rejoice like it already happened. And I'm not gonna die in the middle. Watch it, watch it. I want to hear this at some juncture. I want to hear some person in the church say, as an explanation of their outburst, I never do that. But you see, that thing I've been praying for and crying over all these years, I never do that. That's just not me, but I just couldn't contain myself. <laughs> Because when my answer came, it just overtook me. I'd love to have some excuses roll out all over this place. You know, I just don't act like that. But something happened. I was stuck. I was, my feet were like clay it was like standing in concrete and I couldn't move but when the Lord brought the answer to me and I got what I've been yearning for and seeking for all these years just something overwhelmed me and I couldn't contain myself I'm praying for some explanations of people who don't act normally like they're going to act when it happens Just raise your hand. Hold on. Raise your hand. If you've been praying for something, it has not happened. You've got some needs here now. I'm talking about some real difficult needs. You've got a difficult need in your life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let's just take about, I don't know, how about just a few moments, and let's just act like the very thing you just raised your hand for, Just came to pass <laughs> See it, see
1: it, see it It's happening it's happened It's happened. I want you to act like it happened Yay I don't normally act like this.